The EPL show on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. Right now, to honor the start of the football season, MyBookie is offering up to $1,000 in free bets by using the promo code SGP. That's right, $1,000 in bonus bets on your first deposit when you use the promo code SGP. Play, win, and get paid at MyBookie.ag. The Sports Gambling Podcast Network is also brought to you by BetQL, the only app you'll need to make smart bets this season. Track line movement history, score sharp data, and use a powerful algorithm that gives you out their best plays. If you're betting serious cash, you need a serious app. Head to the App Store or the Google Play Store to download BetQL and make sure you follow them on Twitter at BetQL app. You are listening to the EPL show here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. You can follow me on Twitter at LockBetting and check out my website, LockBetting.com. We are having a fantastic month. We are on a really, really strong run at the moment of... 29 and 6. So 29 and 6 run over at lockbetting.com. Go to lockbetting.com to become a member if you want official plays for the EPL, for the European leagues, and for the US Open tennis. Just put our podcast on that the other day, and we've had a flying start to the US Open tennis. We've had a flying start to the European show. Two locks have landed so far, so we are 2 and 0, and we clawed it back last week here on the EPL show. Two and two with the locks but two and oh show last week eight and two with the picks um so that takes us to 21 and nine overall with the picks the only two games i got wrong i'm pretty sure everybody got wrong with tottenham losing at home to newcastle and man united losing at home to palace so all the other eight games i gave you a correct and winning bet for those games i would say as we hit week four we should know more about who the teams are but the jekyll and high performances last week of tottenham and Manchester United have led to a lot of confusion. In addition to that, you have a team like Chelsea who played really well for their first three games without winning a game and then, of course, won last week. And although you would expect them to go on some kind of run at the moment, you just don't know where where we are at with teams in the Premier League. Um, looking down, you have Aston Villa lost their first two games and won last week against Everton. You had Everton who could have won to go top, but now they're nowhere in the table after the loss to Villa. You have Crystal Palace who looked poor in their first two games and then they go and win at Man United. Leicester in their defence have looked relatively consistent throughout the season. Bournemouth, they're another team who are, who are never consistent. Brighton, who looked really good under their first manager in the first day of the season, have looked poor ever since. West Ham, who lost 5 0 to Man City in the opening day of the season and then looked tremendous last weekend. So I think you're getting the gist of how we really don't have enough data yet to, um, or only have, have enough eyes on on, on the, all the teams to know who is who at the moment but I think what one thing that remains for sure the top six will still be the top six despite the fact that 
Leicester have looked pretty good thus far in the season. I think the quality will end up showing in the end from the likes of Chelsea and Manchester United and Arsenal. I do still believe that one of those teams will go into the top four and it will be the other two that get stuck in Europa League. I do think Tottenham will still be safe in the Champions League position and inside the top three. I just think they're going to be quite a ways off the top two as Liverpool and Man City establish themselves as the dominant contenders. That's one thing that we do know. Liverpool and Man City are going to win most weeks. We knew that coming into the season. We know that now. It's just establishing what the teams in between that are going to be. Even the, even the relegation teams, I strongly fancy Sheffield United to go down. And last week we saw them lose to Leicester, which was a result I predicted on here so maybe they are heading towards what I thought they were going to be but you never know uh, as the weeks develop we will know a lot more and an international break will be taking place next week as well so we will have a break to recharge have another look at things maybe even play wild card in fantasy some people obviously won't be happy with their starts and I think international week is probably an acceptable week to, to play a wild card although I prefer to wait until somewhere between week 10 and 15 personally but if you have made a bad start you can obviously wild card on international week um, my son who's only eight years old uh, has actually wildcarded this week. He's not happy with his start at all. Let's start with um, the game at 12.30 on Saturday. Southampton versus Manchester United. Southampton got their first win of the season last week. Um, they are the 56-19 to 19 underdogs here. Um, so you can get that probably at around about uh, 11-4 best price. 12-5 um, to 5 on the draw and 22 to 19 on Manchester United. Um, this is a tough one here because you're getting plus money on a Man United team, um, but you're getting the same sort of price that Manchester United were against Wolverhampton Wanderers. And Wolves are obviously a better side than Southampton, although they are struggling to get their first win of the season. They're still undefeated though with three draws. I think they're struggling from the, the European hangover as most teams do, which is why I was reluctant to take Wolves at home last week to Burnley. Southampton aren't really recuperating from any kind of hangover. They're just the kind of team that that at times flatter to deceive and, and then and then revert back to type and always just end up around about that 35 to 40 point mark and, and just about survive. They had bigger hopes with, with Ralph Husenhartel in, in charge, but the start to the season has been pretty mediocre. Man United's start to the season looked good until they lost the Palace last week, but I think if you have a look at the, the overriding statistics of that game, you'll see that Man United were, were well on top and in, inexperience in the end was what caught them out. When they got back to one all, uh, they took a real gun-ho approach to, to try and win the game. And that's going to happen with young players. I think you're going to get those kind of results. I think the more positive thing was the fact that they were all over Palace through this game. The, the first goal they conceded was a complete lapse of concentration, I would think, probably because they were knocking on the door constantly and found the game too easy. Uh, Palace hit them twice on counter-attacks to win the game. Uh, a bad mistake by David De Gea I don't expect them to win again uh, and three penalty decisions that Man United didn't get and I'm not saying that as a supporter I'm saying that as somebody that um, is, is, is giving you sports betting advice and I look at those gate, those decisions in that game again and again, and I just come out with uh, Man United getting more penalties than they should have than they should have actually got. And whether they would have scored or not is another is another question and another issue that Man United need to resolve. They need to know who the penalty taker is going into this game. Uh, last time it seemed like it was established to be Rashford, but Rashford missed. I personally would would persist of Rashford. He has always looked confident from the penalty spot, and even in that instance, he did hit the inside of the post, which is a pretty harsh way to miss a penalty. 
And as far as this game goes, um, it's a, it's a tough one to take Man United against anyone away on the road. But I think if they repeat the performance from last week and the, and the one against Wolves, or I mean, any of their performances this week, I mean, any of their performances this season, sorry, they've all been acceptable performances. We've had four and a half hours of football from Man United and, and they've dominated a vast majority of it. They they had periods in the Chelsea game where Chelsea are on top. I think that's been exaggerated somewhat in terms of Chelsea completely dominating Manchester United and, and scoring four goals against the runner play. That narrative is, is slightly ridiculous. You, you don't score four goals on the break. Uh, Man United at, were better than Chelsea tactically in that game. I feel like as much as I'm not a fan of, of Solskjaer and his appointment, I do believe that he had better tactics than Frank Lampard on that day. And it was a tactic that we saw him rehearse through the preseason period, which is what it's for. And it came to fruition successfully in that Chelsea game where they sat back against a, a decent side and then hit them on the break with, with unbelievable pace. The game against Palace... Uh, the tactic wasn't available to do. Um, it was available against Wolves because Wolves, are, again, are a good side. But, but Palace were never going to come to Old Trafford and fully attack Man United. So they needed to make an adjustment in tactics. And um, I felt they did decent a decent job in doing that because look at the ball possession in that game. It was, it was around about 70% for Man United. It was a completely dominating performance. I don't know what we're going to get here at Southampton because I don't think Southampton are going to be likely to sit back as much in their own ground as Crystal Palace were coming to Old Trafford. So we're going to get a completely different kind of challenge here. We don't, they don't possess the, the quality of the Wolves and especially not a Chelsea. But at the same time, you're not going to sit back and, um, and do what Crystal Palace did and try and solely hit Manchester United on the counter. So it makes it a difficult game to pick, but I am going to lean towards Manchester United on, based on what I've seen thus far this season. And hopefully they will get a second win of the season, which will take them on to seven points. Up next, we have Chelsea versus Sheffield United, where Chelsea are the 1-2, minus 200 favourites to win this game. It's 4-1 to one the draw, and it's 39-4 to four for Sheffield United. Sorry, I'm giving you such weird prices here. I'm going through odds checkers and trying to give you the, the best sort of price. Um, Sheffield United are around about the 9-1 to one region there, if you want something easier to, to follow. Um, this one's an easy one for me. Um, a Chelsea team that are improving, got their first win last season against a promoted team, looking to be looking to turn those um, do that domination into wins. Going up against a Sheffield United team who have tipped to go down, so back to back newly promoted teams. Um, people like Mason Mount playing well. People like Tammy Abraham now scoring goals. Defensively, I have concerns. I wouldn't be surprised if Sheffield United score here, which is why I'm not advocating any kind of handicap bet. But take getting Chelsea at the minus two hundred price, I'm very happy to take them and just move on very quickly from this game. Uh, I think Chelsea definitely win on Saturday and uh, like Man United, move up the table on seven points. Up next, Crystal Palace versus Aston Villa, where Crystal Palace are the five to four favourites. It's 12 to five on the draw and it's 13 to five on Villa. Crystal Palace had a poor home record last season but of course they're going to have to win some home games in order to stay up in the season and the history will not just repeat itself that statistical data of last season of Crystal Palace having a poor home record and being better away I don't think it's likely to repeat itself Aston Villa I think they've now found their feet in the Premier League obviously they had that bad finish to the Spurs game and a bad start to Bournemouth but they looked good at the start of the Spurs game and good at the end of the game Bournemouth and looked good throughout against Everton although they did concede chances I'm quite happy for uh, for Aston Villa to be a team that will stay in the Premier League. I think they spent enough money and unlike 
Fulham, uh, who they've been compared to, especially after two defeats, I think they've spelled, uh, spent it a lot better. Um, looking at the odds of this game, I'm still going to oppose Crystal Palace as a home favourite, but not massively to the point where I can take Aston Villa as an outright underdog. So I'm going to skip past the double chance and play safe and take Aston Villa on the... Sorry, I'm going to go to the double chance. I'm going to skip the draw no bet market and take Aston Villa on the double chance where they are available at three to four. I do think they're able to avoid a defeat here. Up next, we move on to Leicester versus Bournemouth where Leicester are the 8 to 11 favorites. It's 58 to 19 to draw and 21 to five on Bournemouth. Um, Bournemouth are a very inconsistent team and they always have been ever since they came up to the Premier League. At times, they look like they're going to finish just behind the top six. At other times, they look like they're a relegation candidate. But they're doing that again this season. They started the first day of the season with a very disappointing result um, against Sheffield United. It was our first lock of the season. Then they went and won at Aston Villa. And that's after last season losing 13 of their 19 away games. And then during periods during the Manchester City game, we literally saw both sides of Bournemouth, a team that were completely dominated in large periods by City, and then a team that gave City big problems either side of the half-time break, um, scoring at the end of the first half, and then pushing City quite hard at the start of the second. So this is a very Jekyll and Hyde team, and that really is a term that Jekyll and Hyde term that I throw around at the moment for a lot of Premier League teams until we really do start to see some consistency but in Bournemouth's case I don't think we'll see that consistency at all throughout the season Leicester themselves well they've been consistently good thus far um, not so much so at the first day of the season where they uh, where they drew against Wolves at home but since then they've gone on the road three times uh, they've qualified in the cup at Newcastle, drawn at Chelsea, and then one last week away to Sheffield United. Now they come home looking for their first home win of the season in their second home game. And it's against Bournemouth, who, as I said, were a team that lost 13 of 19 last season. They've won their first away game of the season this season, though, at Aston Villa, which means I think it's even less likely to repeat repeat itself. That was a very, very, very poor opening 20 minutes by Aston Villa, who were just blindsided by by Bournemouth and their own mistakes. They were really their own worst enemy on that day. And for the rest of the game, it was all Aston Villa. Bournemouth didn't become good travellers in the space of a three-month gap um, during the summer. And they've never really been good travellers in the Premiership anyway. It really has mainly been their home form. And yes, there have been some outliers where there have been some good results here and there but I don't think they're going to get one against this Leicester team who will be pushing for the first win in front of their home supporters uh, I often go on the um sportsgamblingpodcast.com website and do my weekly article and in that article you will see that there is a team of the week we always look at sorry a game of the week preview and in that game of the week preview I do a combined 11 and uh, I talk a lot about that when we see certain Premier League fixtures like this one. So where it's priced up as Bournemouth only being 8 to 11 favourites, 
when you look at a combined 11 between these two, you could probably only make a strong argument for, for two players, possibly in this Bournemouth team featuring in the Villa side. So on paper, Leicester, in this Leicester side, sorry, also on paper, Leicester are a far better team than Bournemouth. They have far greater ambitions. They're really looking to to challenge that top six. They really are looking to win a trophy this season, or be it even the, the League Cup, maybe the FA Cup. Obviously, it's not going to be the league, although, of course, Lister did win the league um, as a 500-1 underdog once. This actually is a better team than that team. They still have the likes of Jamie Vardy. And despite the fact that they lost a player like Kante and a player like Mares, they have replaced them with the likes of uh, James Madison. They have replaced them with the likes of Tielemans. So this is still a quality Leicester team. And I do expect them to win this game against Bournemouth at a good price of 8-11. to up next, we have Manchester City versus Brighton, where City are pretty unbackable here at one to ten. It's twelve to one the draw, and it's forty-five to one on Brighton. Immediately, we begin to look outside of the of the bet of just taking Manchester City, and the immediate place to go to is always the the handicaps or the Asian handicap markets, as, as some prefer. A City to win this game by more than a goal, which would be a minus 1.5 in the Asian handicap, is also unbackable. Not surprisingly, seeing as they're the 1 to 10 favourites to win this game. They are the 1 to 3 favourites to win this game by more than a goal. It's only when you go to the land of the minus twos where you begin to pick up a little bit of value on this game. Uh, I'm just trying to find it here because I had minus one ready. Uh, minus two, uh, minus 2.5 is four to five odds. And between that, of course, uh, the minus two is available at one to two. For those of you that still don't understand what that means, minus 1.5 is covering a two goal handicap minus two is pushing on two goals minus two and a half is clearing the two point the two goal handicap now normal handicaps are just minus one and minus two now on the normal handicap market, if it just says handicaps and it says minus one that's a, that means minus 1.5 in Asian handicaps so just to clarify what how the markets read, I talk about this a lot and people still ask me questions about it. Asian handicaps are if you take Manchester City minus one, that means they need to win the game by more than one goal. If they just win by one goal, it's a push. Minus 1.5 means they have to win it by two for you to win. There's no push on that. Minus two means that you win if they win the game by more than two goals. If they win by one, you lose. And if they win by two, you push. Minus 2.5 means they must win by three goals. There's no push and so on. That's the Asian handicap market. Handicap markets are much simpler. Minus one means you must win by more than one. There's no push on that. And minus two means you must win by more than two. There's no push on that either. So that's pretty much the handicap and Asian handicaps explained to you. For me... I would play safe here and go on the minus two Asian handicap to City, which is within the realm of the minus 200 minimum that I like to pick from. Up next, you have Newcastle hosting Watford. This is a difficult game to pick because we really don't know who these two teams are still. Newcastle won at Tottenham after looking relatively poor in their first two games. 
And Watford, who were good last season, got all the way to the FA Cup final, have lost their first three games. Newcastle are 13 to 8. It's 23 to 10 the door draw, and it's 2 to 1 on Watford. Watford's defeats have been relatively relatively concerning, I would say. Um, the first one against Brighton at home, a game you'd expect them to win. Um, away to Everton, you can forgive. And um, at home to West Ham, you can forgive on the basis that West Ham have spent a lot of money. However, last season, these two teams were quite close to each other in league position. So for Watford to lose by three goals to one, against West Ham off the back of losing the first two that will be ultimately concerning as well because it has left Watford on zero points looking at that you would think that Watford would have to pick up a point here but Newcastle do have momentum they come home now after um, winning in the league at Tottenham last week obviously they exited the cup in midweek but that was a penalty shootout against Leicester it was a good performance and they changed seven players. So it's actually a respectable defeat. But they'll really come home now to a to a full house with all the with all the tickets sold more or less because Newcastle are a well supported team and it's gonna to be tough. I think that it's so tough that I'm gonna go for a draw here. It almost suits both. Newcastle carry on picking up points. Watford get something on the board before the international break because they certainly won't want to go to the international break with four losses from four and I don't think they will do I think they're too good for that they've got too many decent players and I think those players like Delafeu and and Decore they need to wake up especially people like Decore who are playing badly because they're sulking because they couldn't get sold in the summer Delafeu obviously wasn't on the wasn't wasn't rumored to be on the move or anything, but he is a player who has played for better teams and probably would be expecting to rejuvenate his career at Watford and once again get himself another big move. But he needs to be more consistent. And again, that word comes up again: consistency. Something that Watford players are lacking at the moment, and they're all going to need to turn up to win this game or even draw this game because Newcastle fans will be right behind Steve Bruce now after back of last weekend. West Ham versus Norwich sees West Ham as the even money favourite here. It's three to one the draw, and it's thirty-one to ten on Norwich. I don't know about taking West Ham here um, at even money. Um, they haven't really been the best home side in the past, although. A lot of the defeats do seem to normally come against the top 16s, but sometimes even against them, they can turn up. Last season, they beat Man United at home and they beat Arsenal at home, two games I went to. So maybe I'm a good luck charm for West Ham is a ground that's only 15 minutes from where I live. And uh, on paper, you'd expect them to get past a Norwich team who have just looked full of goals this season. And um, I don't think Norwich are going to keep any clean sheets this season. I just can't see them being defensively astute enough to, to keep a clean sheet. But at the same time, I expect most of the Norwich team, Norwich games to see both teams scoring. And that should be the case again here. And this, that's price reflected here because it's available at four to seven. So very close to minus 200. And I think as the season moves on, that's going to almost get to a price where both teams to score becomes unbackable in the Norwich games. But as it is still backable, we're going to ride it blind here at this point, And uh, we're going to take it in this game against West Ham. Up next, you have Burnley versus Liverpool, where Liverpool are just outside of what we can take as a pick. They're available at four to nine. It's nineteen to two on Burnley and nine to two to draw. This is the late night Saturday night game. 
Uh, I expect Liverpool to win it, but I'm now being forced to, to look outside of what we can pick. Um, I guess it could be time for Liverpool to keep a clean sheet. Virgil van Dijk was just named uh, the winner of the World Player of the Year today. So um, you may want to cap that with a clean sheet. And you would think that Liverpool would be slightly concerned about that, seeing how, as they were so consistent in defence last season, and now all of a sudden they are shipping goals. Although they are only shipping one a game and it hasn't affected any of their results because they've won all of the games quite comfortably. Even a Southampton one, they were 2-0 up and conceded the goal too late for Southampton to do anything. They will want to get a clean sheet on the board and they are... Um, now moving out to seven to five to do that. You would not have got seven to five on Liverpool to win to nil last season, but now you're getting decent value on it. It will come when it comes this week. I'm not so sure. I certainly won't be locking it. Um, I'd love to get Liverpool at that minus 201 to two. Um, if that was a viable bet on this, on this particular show, I would take it as a lock, but as it isn't, I can't. Up next, we now move on to Saturday, where we have Everton versus Wolves, where Everton are the five to four favourites. It's forty nine to nineteen to draw, and it's forty nine to eighteen on the away win for Wolves. I do like the draw here. The only thing that puts me off is the fact that Wolves have had four draws, uh, sorry, three draws this season. All of their Premier League games has been a draw, and it would be a very odd-looking table to see a team with played four, won none, drawn four, and lost none. But I really can't see another result here. I don't think that Everton are playing well enough to beat Wolves, and uh, they're certainly not full of goals either. And every Wolves game so far has gone under two and a half goals, and every Everton game so far has gone under two and a half goals. So, whereas um, I don't think Wolves are going to buck the trend here of breaking their draw spell because I think they're going to end up with another one here. I certainly don't think we're going to go over the goal total here with these two teams. And the under two and a half goals is decent value because it's available eight to 11. Although it is the favorite price because the over two and a half goals is available evens. Uh, I still like it to, to cash and um, I like under two and a half goals in this Everton Wolves match. Up next, you have the game of the week between Arsenal and Tottenham. There's an extensive preview of this on the Sports Gambling Podcast web website, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, where I also have put out my combined 11, which is very interesting. So for the North London derby, we have Arsenal at 17 to 12 favourites, 11 to 4 on the draw and 2 to 1 for Tottenham. Last season, Tottenham were actually favourites to win here at Arsenal which was weird because we jumped all over that because Tottenham never ever win here at Arsenal you can go and have a look at the stats for that as I said there'll be an extensive write up for this at sportsgamblingpodcast.com so I won't talk too much more about it here other than the fact that We've all seen Tottenham this season. They looked okay at the first day of the season. They looked terrible last week. And they looked terrible, in my opinion, against Man City. Even though a lot of people look at that and thought that Tottenham could be title contenders because they drew at Man City, the expected goals total doesn't tell you that. And if anyone that watched the game, this is why I always say eye test is so important. Stats can be very deceiving. And looking at that result, you would say that Tottenham, you would just see it and say that Tottenham got themselves a good result. But the actual pattern of play and the way that the game was played and the fact that there was a last-minute goal disallowed by VAR in injury time, which was a clear goal, doesn't tell you the full story. That's why you have to be someone that watches the game. And what I saw here was a Tottenham team that should have been put to bed by Manchester City and whose luck ran out last week against Newcastle. And I really 
only fancied them to win that game by, by one or two nil, which is why I went with the to nil bet as opposed to the handicap bet because I thought Newcastle were a very poor attacking team and they were. They, they took one chance with, with Joe Linton in the ton of space and, and they took it. Well, if Tottenham defend the way they did against Man City or even the way they did against Newcastle last week, then Arsenal are going to put them to the sword. They've got some incredible players here in this team like Aubameyang and Lacazette and um, they're capable of putting three or four goals past Tottenham here and I expect Arsenal to, to win this game I don't expect them to win with a clean sheet because I think Tottenham have to be better in attack last week and they will chip in with their goals from the likes of Mora and Ericsson and Kane who are all, who are all available to them but I do still think Arsenal will end up winning this and I'm more happier to take Arsenal here on the draw no bet market which is available at 4-5 to five, than I am taking Arsenal to win the game outright but still I do like Arsenal at this price of around about 7-5 to five to win this game. I think Tottenham are in turmoil. There's a reason for why they're all over the place. The fullbacks are poor. Walker Peters is not good enough to play for Tottenham and he's injured now and you're going to end up bringing in Serge Aurier. You have Danny Rose at left back who's completely washed up. The centre-back pairing... Uh, didn't play together often last season because Vertonghen did. Now Vertonghen's a player that somehow can't get in the team. Uh, the midfield and the defence are not gelling, which is why they're conceding goals. Harry Kane doesn't look in form. Uh, Ericsson is having a contract dispute and we don't know whether he's staying or not and that's causing disruption in the team and they don't have another creative player there who's as good as him. So there's loads and loads of problems for Tottenham and it's all tied up here for Arsenal who don't really have many concerns because Arsenal lost away to Liverpool but Arsenal always lose away to all of the other teams in the top six and they'll probably lose away when they play to Tottenham but their home record is good and I expect them to to win this game and I like them at seven to five and I love them at eight to eleven I love them so much at eight to eleven that that is actually going to be the lock this week but I'm going to give you two locks again and here's why because I'm taking Arsenal on the double chance and I don't like to give out locks that may not have a conclusion because Arsenal on the draw no bet market 8 to 11 if it is a draw sorry I think I may have said double chance by accident but I mean draw no bet market so if it is a draw this bet will be voided and there will have be no and then we'll have no lock for this week so I want to avoid that so I am going to give out Arsenal as the lock on the draw no bet market but I'm also going to give you Chelsea because I cannot turn down Chelsea at this price of 1 to 2 getting Chelsea at home to Sheffield United at minus 200 he's he's probably on the basis that they made a poor start to the season but last week they won at Norwich and I do expect them to go on a run because winning at Norwich is a lot harder than winning at home to Sheffield United Norwich were a team that finished ahead of Sheffield United last season and have added to the squad and have adjusted better to Premier League life. Sheffield United are a team who I still can't believe are playing in the Premier League and I'm pretty certain are still going to go back down. Yes, they, they won at home to Palace in a game that Palace didn't turn up in and yes, they got the late equaliser against Bournemouth but last week they lost, they lost to Leicester and now they go to face their toughest opponent so far which is Chelsea and I really like Chelsea to win this game at 1-2. to two. So the lock this week Chelsea at 1-2 to two, and Arsenal on the draw no bet market 8-11 to 11. so if Arsenal do end up drawing that game um, it will be voided so you're still guaranteed one lock for this week but I'm hoping you have two winners to take us on to 4-2 and two. of course if Tottenham win that's a losing bet so that's the one thing that we don't want to happen I'm quite happy for the game to end up being a draw because it will just mean nothing to us either way and um, 
we'll end up we'll end we'll get we get to watch a, a decent game on Sunday with a little bit of money on it with um, quite low risk in my opinion because I honestly cannot see Tottenham winning this game and I really really do like this bet I like both the locks this week I'm confident about them I'm confident about moving on to <clears throat> four and two for the dog this week um it's a tough one there isn't a load of dogs that I like. I do like a couple of draws this week. Um, I like Watford and Newcastle to draw this week. And I like Everton and Wolves to draw this week. But I'm going to lean for the, the Newcastle-Watford one. I just feel that Watford have to get a point on the board. And I also feel like Newcastle can't really go back to, to their losing ways. It'll be... Um, just a sign of um, more. It'll just, it'll just breed more discontent at Newcastle, a team who have just managed to put some smiles in their faces last week. And I think it'll be pretty satisfactory for both, almost, if this does end up to be a draw. For the parlay, I'm going to keep it as a two-teamer this week. I was trying to find a way to involve Manchester City, but why bother? There may be an official play on this over at my website, lockbetting.com. But in the meantime, I'm simply going to go with, with two selections, and that's Leicester to beat Bournemouth at home and uh, Liverpool to beat Burnley away. Liverpool were in lock contention this week and uh, I really like Leicester to beat a Bournemouth team who lost a ton of away games in the Premier League last week. In addition to that, they themselves were also in lock contention this week. £100 on that one does end up returning you 230 um, sorry, I found a better, a, a much better price on that one. A um, hundred pounds on that can return you two hundred and forty. at A couple of bookies here: Black Type, Betfred, and uh, two hundred and thirty-eight at Marathon Bet, two hundred and thirty-five at Unibet. So readily available here, you can get that one. Um, for just under seven to five, but I've got it bang on seven to five there. Um, Leicester and Liverpool to win. That is the parlay for this week. Check out lockbetting.com to see which of these additional Premier League plays I make official and for the European plays and for the European show where the lock run is currently sitting at two and oh. But let's hope that the two locks land this week to take us well clear on our lock record. I'll be happy to go into the international break with four and two. For those of you expecting that 47 and 11 from last season to repeat itself I made it very clear that that was an unrealistic target this season I think if this season if we do post around about 40 locks and we end up with a 25 and 15 record I'll be more than happy with that especially starting 0-2 this season and um, seeing the uh, Twitter response to that from the uh, from the Twitter trolls who were very quiet last week actually when we went uh, 2-0 with our locks and are obviously not following the content over on lockbetting.com for the European show along with all of the soccer stuff I'm doing over there there is the US Open tennis going on as well so don't miss out on that there's only about nine days of that left because it's only a two-week tournament. So make sure you check that out. And of course, all of my NFL stuff will be going out this week because the NFL season is back. Before I close out, I just wanted to plug something very quickly, something that I'm involved in. Um, my NFL picks this year, I will be doing them all 
on my podcast, The Man Show. Now, a lot of you guys probably knew that I was doing the Dirty Sheets. The Dirty Sheets now will be coming solely a WWE wrestling podcast. We've decided to take the other shows off and put them onto a new feed. That feed will become The Man Show. The Man Show podcast will be available from Wednesdays. We'll be talking about all things man. I'll be doing that with my colleague, Mr. Cav Manning. So for those of you that haven't listened to wrestling, therapy before it was an alternative show to wrestling on our wrestling feed and the numbers for it was so much better than everything we did on the wrestling we decided to branch out and get a separate feed and make a separate show so i really would appreciate people's support on that any man who has a pulse, would enjoy listening to the show. We're going to be bringing on porn stars and doing interviews with them. We'll be talking to various other girls on there that will be bringing on strippers, things of that nature. Um, We'll be talking sports. We'll be talking gambling. We'll be talking everything you want to listen to, news, politics, films, all that kind of shit. We'll be talking it over on The Man Show. Like I said, if you're a man, you can't not enjoy this show. And if you're a supporter of mine who likes the picks that I give out, or if you're a member of lockbetting.com, or even if you're not, then head over and listen to this show because that is where I will be talking NFL this season. And I do want to say, I don't want to tread on any toes here because Ryan and Sean do do the best NFL podcast out there. I joined the SGP in 2014, but before I did... I was a fan of theirs and I still am now. I enjoy listening to all their shows. I encourage you to check out all of their preview shows. That is the best NFL podcast out there. My podcast is not an NFL podcast. My podcast is the man show. We talk about all things man. And within the the confines of that, we will be covering the NFL on the man show that's available every Wednesday. So if you want to hear what I have to say, about the NFL season and there'll even be more soccer content over there plus all of the other stuff that I mentioned then I encourage you to check out the man show all of your support would be appreciated that's it from me good luck with all of your bets as always and I'll be back with the EPL show next week as I said the European show is available at lockbetting.com 2-0 with our locks hoping to go 3-0 this week that will be available tomorrow and please 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 check out and support The Man Show thanks for listening guys Finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.